AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney, Rodney Keith. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on am570la sports. Giving away the Pro Flowers gift card. Giving away tickets to see the Chargers and the Chiefs. And what we want to do here... During the hot stove time, ask our pal David Vassay to come in maybe once a week, uh, do some Dodgers, because that is top of mind for all fans. And uh, Dave has graciously consented to come in today. So, Dave, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Excited about what is on the horizon for the Dodgers. Well, yeah. My man. The question becomes, yeah, what is on the horizon? Barbecue, brother! We I still love you, song. even during this week. Yeah. I know, Dave. I know. Listen. That's what it's all about, that we can still have love for each other and still battle it out on the field. That's right. I mean, Rodney used to break my heart year after uh, year at the Coliseum. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Who do you it like? It went a game? long way. It went a long way. Like I told my man, Caleb Williams, it goes a long way when you can beat the Bruins in this town. And if you live in this town, it continues. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Is man. is Marvin Goodwin coming on the show this week? <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Rodney. Love you, too. <laughs> Dave, what do you think about the game this week? I mean, it feels like I'll take Lincoln Riley coach team over a Chip Kelly coach team. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah, but Chip has done a pretty good job this year. He's done a good job, but I'll take Lincoln Riley. Okay, well. He said it. He, I don't know how clear you can say it, Dave. Yeah, yeah I know, Rodney. Chip Kelly's been all right. I mean, he shouldn't be acting the way he acts well, around he Westwood. Uh, above everybody, it seems like. He feels like Westwood. Now, why would you say he's Well, the way he Westwood. treats the people in, in Westwood, the people that cover the team, he acts like he's Nick Saban. He has not had much success since leaving Oregon. Did not have success in the NFL. Has had marginal success at UCLA lost a game that he should have won last week Lincoln Riley is the real deal so sorry Chip okay well we'll see we'll I've see. dealt like I've hey, dealt with coaches see. like Chip Kelly we'll before see. his name was Ben Howland oh Ben Howland was a very nice Ooh. guy oh no he wasn't and no he isn't Ooh. wait a minute wait a minute you guys got two different opinions about Ben Allen oh I'll tell Fred, you why Fred, why I'll tell you why, Rodney. When guys like Fred Rogan and Jim Hill showed up, once you know March got closer, he turned on the Mr. Sunshine side of himself. While every uh, other day and every other week, the people that were there, he was n- less than gracious. So I'll put it that way. And the proof is in his recruiting. The faucet stopped after Kevin Love, Darren Collison, Aaron Aflalo, and Jordan Farmar because word got around town. This is not a guy to play for. Oh, wow. Wow. Am I right or wrong? History speaks for itself. You know what then, huh? Fred just kidding because it was... uh, Because he was on TV. Oh, hey, Fred. Great to see you. Oh. 
<laughs> well, okay, Fred, that's how it was. You and Jim Hill we can doing only, your thing? You know what? We can only speak from where we come. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I only know my perspective. I just gave you the real deal. Okay. Well. So, Chip Kelly, I know who you are, too. <laughs> you know, Chip Kelly's come on the challenge a couple of times. Oh, I'm sure he has. Oh, yeah, Fred. I bet he has. He loves Petros, challenge. too. He does love Petros. Yeah. You know, he really does. I know. Yeah, Petros knew him when he was a coordinator. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or, now, what yeah, does that mean? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. We know. Okay. Just treat yeah, everybody exactly. equally. Okay, well. Yeah, no matter the situation, Fred. You don't have to pump it up. We know you you're the dean. We know you're the dean. I'm not pumping anything up. I'm the dean. I'm just saying, I know people as I know them. You know them as you know them. Fair? That's fair. People used to think Kareem was really surly. He was. Surly? <laughs> you know what? Surly. Surly. Surly? Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> not to me. Really? Not you're saying when you covered the Lakers in the 80s. Yes. When you wanted to talk to Kareem, yes, he would put on a smile and say, absolutely, Fred. I went to his house and interviewed him. Was that before or after he lost his memorabilia? That was before. Oh. Yeah. No, he was always very nice to me. I haven't heard too many great stories about Kareem in that respect, but his teammates had a lot of respect for him, and he was a great player. That's all that matters from my standpoint growing up watching my favorite era of Laker basketball. All right, how about Reggie Jackson? Everybody thought he was a complete you-know-what. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Couldn't have been nicer to me. <laughs> I'm serious. Well, yeah. I thought he was a great guy. Rodney, what, what are you smelling uh, here? What's The Rock cooking? Uh, <laughs> a lot of BS from Fred. Yeah, that's not cooking. true. I'm telling you exactly how it was. And that's why I was surprised when you said Chip that, Kelly. That's when local TV had a lot of pool, Fred. Well, b- <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, that's you fair. were the only show in town. Right. And still to this day, they know, hey, Fred Rogan wants me. Got to put on Mr. Sunshine. Uh, not so much anymore. <laughs> not so much anymore. Okay, Dave. Times are changing. Is that what you said, Fred? Oh, they've changed. Local, local TV is not the same, not what it used to be. They ain't a change, and they've changed. So you're saying to us, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yes. was as easy to work with okay. as Magic Johnson. That's how you're making it sound. To me? Yes. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, to me. Okay. okay. But I, I that's can't speak for That's not the way the HBO show portrays them either. Own it, Fred. <laughs> but I am owning it. <laughs> okay, no buts then. Why, no. Am I, why am I defending the fact no that buts. he was certainly, no for me, easy to work for? No okay. buts. Fred. That was no it. Buts. Yeah, great. No buts. Never had a problem with him. No but, buts. I'm not butting. Okay. I'm not butting. Okay, Dave. Uh, Dave Roberts doesn't win Manager of the Year. Julio finishes third in the Cy Young Award balloting. Um, you di- you agree or disagree with those two? Well, number one, I'm not saying Dave Roberts should have won the Manager of the Year Award, but I am saying the voters have a lot of questions to answer why they would vote for a manager, regular season award, for a manager that blew a 15-game lead did not win his division despite having a $260 million payroll. Bob Melvin, Brian Snicker, Dave Roberts, all more deserving than Buck Showalter. Bob Melvin came in first year, a dysfunctional group, kept them together under trying circumstances with Fernando Tatis Jr., got the best season out of Manny Machado of his baseball career, better than he ever played for Buck Showalter in Baltimore. So, to me, 
That is a huge swing and miss by the voters on the National League Manager of the Year. Julio, look, I mean, I don't know how anybody could justify giving Carlos Rodon two first-place votes. Either they should have gone to Alcantara or they should have gone to Julio. Probably to yeah. Alcantara. Max Fried in there, too. I love Max. He's my boy. Encino Little League. Yeah. Yes. Reggie Smith pupil. Come on. Yes. I love it. I love it. But Come look, on. you know, I'm not sure these voters look at money time. Money time is the second half of the season. And for the second straight year, Julio Urias was the best pitcher in the second half of the season. Money time. This year, money time, Dave. 13 yeah. starts, 9 and 1, ERA of 126. Max Freed, money time, pretty good too. 4 and 4, ERA of 218, 11 starts. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, he was good, but he was pitching for a team that was going nowhere. Do I have any gripes about him winning it? Absolutely not. But I think voters need to stop looking at war and maybe digging a little deeper into money time. Well, I said it because I quoted you, Dave, in talking about how they keep moving the goalpost. Yes. You know, last year there was, you know, okay, his uh, ERA is not low enough. You know, even though he was only 20-game winner, the ERA is not low enough. Well, he gets his ERA down. Now it's about, well, innings pitched. He had no complete games in innings pitched. It's a, it's it's all about that. It just feels like they keep moving it around, especially when it comes to Julio. You're right. And last year's winner, Corbin Burns, pitched 167 innings. So now yeah. they're telling us Julio did not pitch enough innings. Julio pitched close to 180 innings this year so what is it and maybe the the writers should continue to vote but there should be defined criteria because you as you guys know you could twist numbers any way you want to fit your argument dave, you do that every day fred no i don't all right dave let's uh <laughs> no, no i don't dave all right let's talk about tyler anderson they offered him the qualifying offer we assume he turned it down because he thought he could do better on the open market he signs with the Angels, three years, $39 million. The Dodgers wouldn't go that for him? No, the Dodgers, from what I understand, were comfortable with the qualifying offer. And as I told you Sunday on Going Rogan, Tyler Anderson more than likely was going to turn down the qualifying offer because he felt that he could get three years and $40 million from a team. And he got that from the Angels. But my sources told me that the morning of the deadline, Monday morning, Tyler Anderson at that point was leaning towards accepting the qualifying offer. And then at the 11th hour, the angels up the money part. They were always there for three years, but they upped the money part to close to $40 million. And it was an 11th hour pivot by Tyler Anderson to turn down the qualifying offer. And in the same motion, accept that contract from the angels. I don't know. I, I yeah. thought when they just extended him the qualifying offer and then when he signed with the Angels, I thought, okay, they believe he was good. He's got one more good year in him, but he may be hitting his ceiling and we're not going to extend him past the one year. And I, and I thought that's why they lost him. Probably. And they, they felt like they have to open the doors of opportunity for young guys like Bobby Miller and Gavin Stone, not necessarily this year, but in the next couple of years, those two guys are going to be mainstays of the rotation. I'd expect to see both of those guys at some point this year pitch 
significant innings for them. But you can't all of a sudden go from the minor leagues and throw 180 innings. We've seen that with Julio. We've seen that with Bueller. So this is probably the season Bobby Miller and Gavin Stone get their feet wet and two years from now, more than likely going to be part of the Dodger rotation. So having a guy like Tyler Anderson two years from now kind of muddies the water for those guys. Yeah, interesting. But the one thing I'll say about that, Rodney, Tyler Anderson, 180 innings, tough to find a pitcher that eats that many innings. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I thought it was surprising. And he was steady. Every time somebody said, oh, you know, it's it's, it's an anomaly. Oh, he'll fall off in June. Oh, he'll fall off in July. I mean, he was steady all year long, Dave, for the most part for this team. No doubt. And always took the ball. Maybe the best free agent signing pitcher-wise as far as value and what they got from him of any other team. $8 million, middle of spring training. Made the all-star team, 15-5. and Uh, All those things, but he's 33 on opening day, and I'm sure the Dodgers were a little uncomfortable with that. Okay, Dave, let's now try to figure out what's going to happen with Cody Bellinger. Tomorrow's the day, right, where they have to let him know? Tomorrow's the day, whether or not they will tender him a contract or not. And uh, you believe they will? I do believe they will, especially with Jock Peterson off the board. Now, look. Where did Jock go? He accepted the qualifying offer from yeah. the Giants. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. There was there. a scenario where they could have possibly worked something out to bring Jock back and use the money if they cut Cody loose for a guy like Jock. But if you look at the outfield market, free agent-wise, Brandon Nimmo is the only guy out there. And he's not Cody Bellinger. He doesn't have the high ceiling. He's going to get $100 million, even though he's not an impact center fielder. That's how shallow the free agent pool is when it comes to outfielders and specifically center fielders. So what's the alternative? Yeah, the Dodgers probably don't want to pay Cody Bellinger $18 million, but that's the way the system's set up. He got paid the league minimum from 2017 to 2020, and now he's arbitration eligible. So it's a messed up system, broken system, but essentially that's more of it, isn't it, Dave? The system yes, is all screwed up because he's getting paid. I hate the system. He got paid this year and will get paid this upcoming year for what he did in his right. 2017, 2018, 2019 MVP years. Well, that's free agency too. Yeah, so it's a broken system. It's hard to swallow. But how would the Dodgers feel if they cut him loose, got nothing in return, and he returns to form? That would not go over well with anybody. So I feel like they will tender him a contract. Could they trade him? Yeah, they could trade him. But from what I understand, teams are waiting, waiting for them to cut bait on Cody Bellinger, and they would probably pay him 12 to $15 million. I know the Marlins, the Rays, the Cubs already have shown interest if that were to happen. But my understanding is they don't want to pay him and give up players for him. So – that's the situation. Mm. Yeah, and you said return to form, Dave. So you you really believe that it's returning to form, and not this is what Cody Bellinger is is what we're seeing the last couple of years. It is getting his his the real Cody Bellinger is what we saw early on in his career. I believe in talking to people around the Dodgers, the expectations, and I said this during the year, the expectations need to be adjusted, right, for Cody Bellinger. 
He's probably an 800 OPS guy now, a guy that hits 250, 26 home runs. That would be a great year with the defense. And don't forget, he plays gold glove first base as well. So for Cody to return to form, that's what I'm saying. And this will be his first full healthy offseason with no lockout that he could actually work with the team and try to figure something out. And Scott Boris is his agent. Scott Boris has got a wealth of resources for all his clients to to go down to Newport Beach, work with his hitting coaches, work with his strength and conditioning coaches. So I know Scott is taking a lot of responsibility for Cody this offseason to get him better as well. Uh, okay, now let's talk about uh, a free agent. Justin Verlander rumors with the Dodgers. Any possibility? They were interested last year. They are interested again this year because it's a short-term contract for a high annual salary. That's like pro- what, Dave? What? What? Give me ballpark. Probably what Scherzer. Scherzer-ish, oh, forty okay. million a year for maybe two years for Verlander. The Mets, if they're going to lose Degrom, and it looks like you know he has no loyalty to go back there. Texas is very hot and heavy after Jacob Degrom. They are also kicking the tires on Verlander, but. Verlander has very strong ties to the Astros owner, Jim Crane. It would be hard for me and others in the industry to see him walk away. So I feel like he's trying to get some leverage and bring it back to Crane. Similar to what, you know, guys like other teams are wary of players that are loyal or have been with one team. They're always concerned. All right, we offer you something and all you're going to do is use it and take it back. Right. That seems like what Justin Verlander is trying to do. Take it back to Jim Crane. Jim Crane pays him. If that's the case. That's what happened last year. Dodgers were after him last year. Right. He went back to Houston. Right. But if that's the case, and he's using it kind of as a stalking horse. Yeah. Um, what pitchers, if any, might the Dodgers be interested in? Well, we were talking about Corbin Burns. If the Brewers are being real about maybe trading him, they need catching and the Dodgers have a young catcher in Diego Cartaya. If that ever were to come to fruition, Cartaya more than likely would have to be in it. I really believe the Dodgers are going to find pitching in the trade market, maybe free agency, but after DeGrom, Verlander, who's an impact pitcher? I don't really know. Um, Now they don't have Tyler Anderson. They kind of need a guy to eat some innings as well. I think that's a little bit more unclear than the position players, how they could fill some of those. All right, what about – oh, go ahead, Rodney. Please. What, I was going to say probably the same thing, Fred. What about Justin Turner? I believe Justin Turner and the Dodgers find their way back to each other. It's not ideal for them to turn down $16 million and want them to come back for less, but I'm not sure how many teams out there – would value a 38-year-old. I hate to say it that way. It stinks in baseball now. that And it's been written about. It's been talked about. The new thinking in baseball does not put a heavy emphasis on experience. But if you look at Justin Turner this past year, he probably outperformed his contract. In fact, he did outperform his contract. So I, I still believe that Justin Turner and the Dodgers are better with each other than apart. So... I would hope they would find their way back to each other. But look, teams like the Rangers are throwing money at a lot of people. Uh, who knows? They may value it with a Bruce Bochy as their manager. Uh, okay. Dodger Ooh. shortstop situation. Yeah. 
Yes. Do they opening day tomorrow? Gavin Lux is their shortstop. Are you comfortable? Told with you, that? Fred. I told you that yeah, you was going to happen. Yeah, you did. If it's tomorrow, it's Gavin Lux. That's who they have. It could be a combination of Lux and Taylor. And if they're trying to reset the tax, they have to find a way to give young guys opportunities. And Stan Caston said as much to Bill Plaschke. They want to give young players opportunities. It's their turn. Gavin Lux would fall into that category. And his natural position is shortstop. I don't see them signing Carlos Correa. I don't see them giving over $100 million to Dansby Swanson. Xander Bogarts, he might be a realistic possibility. But again, in the trade market, I feel that's where the Dodgers could find their shortstop. Willie Adamas, Andrew Friedman traded for him in Tampa Bay. The Brewers seem to be more willing to trade a guy like that who's going to get paid than Corbin Burns. So uh, the trade market might be where the Dodgers find their shortstop more than these shiny new cars. Of the young guys, Altman... Uh, who who will we see next year, in your opinion, day-to-day? Day? Yeah, it would be Outman Vargas. and Vargas. Those yeah. would be the two guys top of mind. Michael Bush, I think at some point next year, will get an opportunity. Depends on where the Dodgers are at at shortstop and where they're at at second base. But the way Bush has been described to me by uh, evaluators from other teams is a, di- a, a kind of a Max Muncy type. Not a great second baseman. He'll do okay. He'll hit home runs, but he's not a defensive wizard by any means. But those are the three guys, Outman, Bush, Vargas, Lux, fourth guy. Uh, And the pitching staff, young guys? Gavin Stone, minor league pitcher of the year, had a better year than Bobby Miller, who everybody talks about. I feel like Bobby Miller, Gavin Stone, I thought uh, Michael Grove, Opened a lot of eyes with the uh, with the way he pitched this year. Those are the Dodgers are stacked pitching wise. Uh, they're okay there to to help if there's injuries. There's going to be a five or six start miss. They have guys, young guys that are ready to take that step and for them to see whether or not they can. Pepio, another guy that could be that guy. So um, Gonsolin may. Dustin May back from Tommy John's surgery a full year. Let's see what he could do. This is his time. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. We have more for you when we come back more? on the other side. Oh, yeah. More, Dave. Yeah, more, more, more. How do you like it? <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. Andrea True Connection. Uh, does Holly have any questions, Rodney? You can put her on. Oh. Uh, I need to ask her. She's not here. Where is she? I don't know. She in Vancouver. She's filming, I think. No, she's uh, back. She's, she's back. Vancouver. She's back. Yeah. yeah. She's back. I back. saw her. Who knows? I saw her lurking. <laughs> in the shadows. Wow. Yes. Fred's yes. checking her IG. I know. I don't need to check her IG. He's coming on screen in my office. <laughs> oh, get out right of my there. office, girl. Hi, Holly. <laughs> I saw her right there. All right. So uh, we have some questions. And do you have any questions for Dave? Uh, Dodger fans, possible free agents, scenarios you'd like to kick around, ideas that you might have. Dave is Dave's with him every day. Dave hosts Dodger Talk. He's the best in the business. He's more plugged in than anybody. More plugged in than anybody in the country when it comes to the Dodgers. So if you have any questions, 866-987-2570. Rivalry Week is here, and don't miss the action of college football at the Rose Bowl featuring UCLA and USC this Sunday. Saturday. Saturday. Listen to the game on AM 1150 with a kickoff at 5. Brought to you by the California Department of Public Health. Stay up to date with your vaccines and boosters. Visit myturn.ca.gov. Take some questions from you and also, Dave, want to get into the possibility of Aaron Judge. 
Now, your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Grand. That's grand. Enter it now. Do it. AM570LASports.com. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. It is your partner, Big Boy. Big Boy's Neighborhood, Real 92.3, and you're listening to a Hall of Famer, Post Philanthropist. This is my big homie, man, Rodney Pete, and the man who thinks that Post Malone is a reference to an NBA era after the mailman retired, Fred Rogan. Throwback, throwback Thursday. Put a little fire on it, on that hot stove. We got Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan, and my barbecue brother, David Vassay Jr. the third. <laughs> That's like Lonnie Walker the fourth. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What's going on, David Vassay? So, so now nowadays in the fall, and then we got meetings and got all that stuff. What's, what's occupying your time, David Bassey? Yeah, so winter meeting's coming up, Rodney, December 4th in San Diego. Yep. I'll be down there for that. The GM meeting's just ended. My son's seventh birthday was just last weekend. Ah. So uh, a lot of uh, mm. daddy time, mm. taking the kids to school every day, picking them up after school every day, ca- catching up for a lot of lost time for eight oh, months of baseball. Man. Yeah, and my wife does not like that my phone is blowing up with a lot of <laughs> hot stove information. And you know, baseball people and the industry very nocturnal, very nocturnal. Mm. Mm. And my wife wakes up early to take care of the kids, right? So when she hears the phone buzz at eight thirty, oh, she does uh, not like she it. Knows, she knows exactly what it is. It's thank oh, God yeah. you don't live on the you're not on the East Coast, Dave. So that eight thirty call. Is eleven thirty call exactly? Nobody has ever called me in the middle of the day with any kind of substantial information. Never. It's it, always late night. Late night or early morning? Yeah. Um, what about Aaron Judge? Are they in for Aaron Judge? They will kick the tires. They're not going to ignore Aaron Judge because there's a chance that he may really want to play for the Dodgers, and it might be a discount. But I don't see it happening. I really don't. They have a $300 million right fielder. His name is Mookie Betts. You pay him to lead off and play right field. You don't pay him to play second base. I'm sorry. As much as he likes it, he's a right fielder, a gold glove right fielder for the sixth time. He is the Dodgers right fielder. Now, you could have Judge and Mookie in the same outfield, but tomorrow you won't have Cody Bellinger. So, I I could I could see it, but I feel like the Yankees, the Giants, the Rangers are going to get into a bidding war for Aaron Judge. All right, Josh wow. and Sierra Madre. Josh, are you there? Yes, I am. Uh, thank you for the phone call, guys. Uh, fight on, Rodney. Oh boy, uh, fight on, Data, fight on. Data, I want to ask you about uh, this Japanese pitcher, uh, Kodai Senga, and do you think he's a fit for the Dodgers? Yeah, interesting name. I'm glad you brought him up. Yes, the Dodgers have an extensive scouting program in the Pacific Rim. They have been in on a lot of Japanese pitchers and players, and he definitely is on their radar. He throws 100 miles an hour, but has had trouble staying healthy. 
And the Dodgers are never scared away by injuries, as we have seen in the past. It actually lowers the price on pitchers they believe can bounce back. So definitely a pitcher that is interesting to the Dodgers. Do they land him? I'm not sure, but certainly they're in the mix. Uh, David Vassay is in the studio with us. We're talking some Dodgers, some hot stove, 866-987-2570. If you have any questions, Casey's on the app in Oklahoma. Casey, thanks for holding. Go ahead. Hey, guys, how's it going? I actually have a webpage that's designated to cover the Dodgers minor leaguers called Dodgers Daily, so I wanted to call and talk about Free some plug. of the young guys. Huh? Yep, sorry, yeah, that's shameless, isn't it? I, I apologize for that. <laughs> hey, uh, I want to talk about some of the younger guys, um, specifically the, the four guys that probably will fill the, the number five starting role with Pepio Grove, and then obviously Miller, and then Gavin Stone. I've got to see those guys substantially. And I'm of the opinion that that uh, those four guys, you know, when you look at what Pepio and Grove did last year and you combine their innings and you look at their ERA, their ERA, if they if you extend that out to, you know, being long enough to be qualified, that would be a top 20 ERA between those two. And so I think those four, between those four, would be better than any fourth or fifth starter. You know, so if the Dodgers don't get into Grom or somebody like that, I think they're better off trying to eat those innings with those four guys than they would be going and getting a fourth or fifth starter from another club. Just Thanks, Casey. Appreciate it. Yeah. I don't know what his question was. Obviously, he's the, I guess, social media expert on those guys. But Ryan Pepio's got to find a way to throw a strike with his fastball. He didn't, honestly, Dave, he yeah. didn't impress me this year. Me either. I mean, I had heard he was erratic with his fastball command, but... That was to another level. That's not going to make anybody playing behind him um, engaged when he's throwing those many pitches outside of the strike zone. You know, 70, 80 pitches within three innings. He's got to find a way to harness that and calm down on the mound. I personally believe that Pepio, after a lot of hype, and I apologize for being one of those guys to hype him up because that's what I was told from people within the organization. This guy is so great. Really? His changeup means nothing if he can't throw a fastball for a strike. So, uh, Pepio has a lot to prove in spring training. Okay, let's go to uh, Ukaipa. Michael's been holding. Michael, go ahead. Yes, how are you all today? Good. Fantastic. Uh, what you got? What's going on? Hey, welcome got- to Dodger Talk, by the way, guys. This is how I deal with people. I love it. And you wonder why I hang up quickly. Are you there? Yeah, go ahead, Michael. Are you go there? Ahead, Michael. Are you there? What's your question, Michael? What's your question, man? Go ahead. Well, first of all, Mr. Vassay, I have been listening to Dodger Radio since 1958. I'm 72 years old, and I've heard it all on Dodger Radio. And But this is the first time I've called in, and I'm honored to talk to you all. The only one missing, I think, is Vic the Brick. And feeling you, Vic. Now, I wanted to discuss... The pitching. Feeling you. Feeling you. Uh, Come on, Michael. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Don't don't Uh, interrupt him with the feeling you, Fred. No, we already got a feeling you in there. Yeah, but you interrupted him. No, No, I didn't. Don't interrupt him. He he finished the feeling you. Pitching. Pitching. All right. What is Uh, it, Michael? Go ahead. You're sounding like uh, Jeff Witcher now, Fred. (laughs) I mean. I believe that when a team goes in, starts its season without three solid starting pitchers, at the end of the season, it seems to matter. And I, during the, these last playoffs, 
most of the teams that got into the playoffs and were successful had a solid three starter pitching staff. And and I was really upset when they got rid of Anderson. Well, Fred will handle this question. Was, yeah, Mike. So, Michael, what is the question? Stay with a good pitching staff. Spend your money on pitching. He's giving you Great advice, job. Fred. Great job. He's Thank giving you, you advice. Appreciate you calling. Yeah, well, I, it makes sense. you got to have good pitching, Dave. Am I inviting a lower level of callers right now? We don't We don't judge that, Dave. We don't judge that. No, because I listen Fred. to your it's show, Fred. and it's I feel Fred. like your callers are, ah. It's all Fred. But I feel like, so far, it's been below Rogan and Rodney's standards. Well, well I don't And no. I apologize for that. I've brought out the night owls with the sun out. Yeah. Some of these people. Some of the like vampires are out. Yeah. All right, let's do one more. Chad and Van Nuys. Go ahead, oh, Chad. Chad will deliver. Van Nuys always delivers. Come on, Chad. Uh-oh, pressure on. Hey, my name is Chad, and they said Van Nuys, but I'm from Santa Clarita. My All question right. is, David, David Basset is very critical. David, have you ever played baseball? Because you really criticized Mookie Betts. Last year, a couple years ago, you criticized no. his diet that he wasn't it was Yeah, it was the last two years. It was last year specifically. Did you love his two hits in the playoffs? <laughs> well, I, I, I want you to tell me that you've played on that level and you can hit a baseball like that. That's no, but my job is to tell you what I see. That's not My job is to talk about it. His job is to play at an elite level, and I did not see that in well, the well, postseason. We can, number we can talk about a number of players, David, that, that don't play at an elite level. I did. But for you to be critical, but, but for you to be critical of him... As, as a Dodger announcer or whatever your title is, I think it's a little over the board. A couple of years ago, you talked about his diet, that he needed to go back to not, not doing dairy. And I, yeah, and he went back to eating well, meat. He was a little bit too uh, – he was losing some pop. He was going all vegan. He needed to go back to being a carnivore, and he did. And look what you, happened, 35 home you, runs this who, year. Who made you the diet police? That's hey, what I'm asking. Hey, I'm skinny That's, fat. Really I know all about it. All right, Chaz, thank you. Chaz fired a Mookie Betts defender. Came in in to pick a fight. Look, I love Mookie Betts. He needs to be challenged at times. He does need to be challenged at times. The pressure cooker of the East Coast, uh, he's even said this, motivated him. You know, the free and easy life of Fred Rogan out here in the West Coast can make you a little complacent. Yeah, my life's not free nor easy. Look, and by the way, by the way, Fred and Rodney. Yeah. Mookie Betts set the standard for himself when he arrived in spring training in 2020. How many times did we hear about Mookie Betts showing up at the facility before the sun even came up? How many times did we hear Mookie Betts set the standard for the rest of the team in 2020 that even if you make one mistake on the backfields, you're going to have to put money in the jar? He led the Dodgers to the World Series in 2020. We have not seen that version of Mookie Betts since then. And that's all I'm saying is you can't be two different guys. Be that guy. Yeah, and, but and, and you know this, Dave. Nobody's going to be harder on Mookie Betts than Mookie Betts. Well, I nobody, am. nobody knows internally. <laughs> I'm telling you, internally, you are hard on him, and you should be because that's, that's what we do. We're not a sugarcoat anything, and he didn't have a, a very good postseason and you got to call it like you see it but at the same time you know I I would I guarantee you Mookie is looking up going I didn't I didn't perform I didn't do what I'm supposed to do 
all those things that I brought to the table when I first got here, I got to find a way to get back to that because I wasn't me. That wasn't me this past year, and I'm sure he's thinking that way because that's the competitor that Mookie Betts is. All right, Rodney, since we're on the topic of Mookie Betts, I believe he should bypass the World Baseball Classic and show up to spring training and just be all about the Dodgers. Skip the World Baseball Classic and set the tone for the season and be that guy from 2020. Forget about the World Baseball Classic. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. That would set a tone, wouldn't it? How much? That would set a tone. To, to leave it and be there early, be all in on Dodgers and not anything else is what you're saying. Exactly, right? because these yeah. players that are going to participate in the World Baseball Classic either are showing up to spring training late or they're only going to be in their own camps for a couple of weeks before they go and train with whatever country they're playing for or pitching for. And come on, let's be honest. The World Baseball Classic changes no lives. It doesn't. Does anybody Know who won the last World Baseball Classic? We did. Did we? I didn't even yes. know that. Yes, we did. Uh, well, you're the official analyst <laughs> of the World Baseball Classic now. All right, let's do one more call. Richard, are in, you sure? Uh, Long Beach, yeah. So. Go I ahead, Richard, one more. Hi, David. Thanks for covering the Dodgers the way you do with dedication and great work. I wanted to ask you, how important do you think it is that the, that the Dodgers sign a quality shortstop, considering that we're on the verge of losing Trey Turner, who hit 20 home runs and cashed in 100 RBIs, and we're on the we're on the verge of losing him when we gave up assets for him, you know, for him and Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer's gone, and Trey Turner's about to be gone. And considering guys like Justin Bellinger wasn't even playable in the playoffs for two games, and Justin Turner's gone 5 for 37 in the last two playoffs, how important do you think it is to get a quality shortstop and not go cheap? 99 cents are cheap with Lux at short. Wow. Wow. I don't feel like Gavin Lux is 99 cents store cheap. And look, just because the Dodgers are going to reset the tax doesn't mean they're going to go on the cheap. They never have. But with guys like Fred and Rodney talking about Correa and Aaron Judge, why not, if you're going to spend that money, spend it on Trey Turner? Just bring back Trey Turner. But more than likely, he won't be back. I, Dave, like do you think I said, he wants to come back? Dave, do you think he wants to come back? If he gets paid, he does. He doesn't want to come yeah. back for a discount. Um, but I feel like Willie Adamas is a viable option trade-wise, and he's a really good player. Doesn't have to be one of these four shortstops. But look, we've talked about how maybe the October model needs to be tweaked. Let's get some October players on this roster. Let's get some life on this roster. Willie Adamas has a lot of life. A lot of edge. The Dodgers need more of those guys. Mookie Betts needs to be Mookie Betts from 2020. He's that guy. Dave, thanks for hanging out today. All right, guys. This was fun. Yeah, you do it again? Dave. Yeah, let's do it again. Okay. Juice is flowing, Dave, today. I like it on a throwback Thursday. Hey, Rodney, I never knew you were all in on the World Baseball Classic. All the way in. That's I'm the world, biggest I'm revelation global, of the day. I'm global, Dave. I went to several of those games at Dodger Stadium. USA versus Japan was one of them. Oh, my gosh. Loved it. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah, all in. All in, baby. Slow nights for the Pete's. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big night in Pete household, baby. Considering my son is fluent in Japanese, we had to go show our support, baby. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, David Basset. 
All right, who wants a $100 gift card to Pro Flowers? 866-987-2570. Get those flowers. Give them to a loved one. Rodney would call a number. Number six, Fred. And an update on UCLA's move to the Big Ten. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM 570 LA Sports. Oh, Rodney. Rodney. You're doing my old souls today on a Throwback Thursday, Rodney. I like it. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan, Throwback Thursday. Let's go. Mm. Just you with me. Come on, Freddy. Simple and free. Go! Look at Freddy! Yeah! Everything <laughs> I've ever dreamed of. Oh, go ahead, Fred. Come on. I go love ahead, Chicago. Fred. No, I'm not going to take it, Rodney. Take no. it, Fred. Smile. <laughs> I and promise you'll <laughs> never leave me. Yeah, baby. Just you and me. me. Yeah, baby. Uh-huh. Simple and free. Uh-huh. I can't. I can't. I can't. I don't have that vocal range. You don't have it? No, I don't you have it. it. Here we go. You got it. You no, got it right I, here. I can't, I can't do it. Bring it home. Bring it home. Come hold me close. Never release me. Yeah. Baby, don't Never release me. me. I'll do it. I can't do it. Oh, come on. Let it in, Freddie. Let, Let, Let it in. Let it in. Let me in. Love me forever. Forever. And forever. ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kevin, who won Pro Flowers? <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful right there. We gotta figure out who won Pro Flowers. All right, Kevin's gonna get me the name. We all won. We all won. No, we didn't. We all lost there. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in here talking yeah. to David Vasse. The next thing I know, we're playing Chicago. Anthony in L.A. won. Anthony, Anthony in L.A., way to go. We at AM570 L.A. Sports want to say thank you to all of our listeners for your support this year. As a special gift to you, we are giving away $100 gift cards every day through the month of November, courtesy of our friends at Pro Flowers, the official florist of AM570 L.A. Sports. Next hour, we are giving away those Chargers Chiefs tickets, so we invite you to stay with us for that. Okay. I've been waiting all day for this. The update on UCLA oh. going to the Big Ten. Oh, yeah. You know, the Board of Regents had a three-day oh, yeah. meeting. Within the meeting, they decided that they were going to change the rules. Change the rules so then they could deny the request of UCLA to go to the Big Ten. So today was the day. It was the big vote. And here's what they decided. They will decide on December 14th. (laughs) That's what they decided. Shocker. Yeah. The big vote was today. And today it came down. They will decide on December 14th. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> they decided to decide on December 14th That's what right. they decided. Right. It'll be a special meeting. And in the special meeting, they will decide to either finalize them going or rescind their opportunity to go. What do you think they're deciding? How bad they're going to look if they do this? I, I think it's too. They try to block this move. Uh, they, you think that that's what they're deciding? Weighing their options, we're going to look like idiots. We're going to look like fools. There's no way we can do this, but we got to do it anyway. Uh, who are they trying to save face with? Okay, I think the first thing they're trying to do is they're trying to negotiate a way out of this dilemma with UCLA. 
Negotiate? Think, you mean negotiate a payment for Cal? Yeah, that's that what, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Where's the bag money? Go put it under the tree every week. Somebody will come by and pick it up at midnight. Put it in a brown paper the train. bag. They can't stop the train. They're not stopping the train. No. So they're trying to figure out compensation for Cal. Is that what you're saying? That's what I think. And I think along with that, they're threatening UCLA. Okay, you know, we're going to play nice now. Let's have a negotiation. Let's talk about it. You know, we, we, we want you to go, but obviously it's unfair and we, we're we in trouble here because of Cal. So, you know, how are we going to help Cal? What are we going to do? How do you feel about this? Can you make make a little accommodation? Can you throw him a couple of bucks to shut them up and everybody's happy? Can you do that? Okay, so I'm sure that those talks have either been ongoing or might be picking up steam. All right, so let's say UCLA says, no, we're not doing that. We No, we won't do it. Then the Board of Regents has to check their legal right to block them. That's next. They've got to consult with their attorneys. They've got to sit down and go, okay, the rule was everybody can do what they want, but we changed the rule, and then when we changed the rule, we decided we could change what they do. Is that legal? Is that going to work? I don't know. Well, that's really what happened. Every school could do, do what it wants. That was their rule. UCLA did what it wanted. Yes, it was their rule. Okay, so now we're going to change that rule. Okay, so now we've changed the rule. So now what we're what saying you want. is... Oh, you did what you want, but that's not what we wanted. Right, that's so, not what we thought you were going to do. So, so, so we, now we got to change it. They changed the rule. And now they're saying, since the rule has changed, okay, we'll do what we want. So they probably got to figure out, is that going to hold up in court? Is that legal? Can you do that? Uh, Just change the rules and then do what you want? So I'm sure that's, that's part of this as well. And then you'll get down to what it really means. If legally they're led to believe that they're kind of in a gray area here or that's not going to fly, they'll begrudgingly let them go. Uh, it would make everybody, well, it would make them happy and Cal happy, UCLA not so much, but at least they would save face if UCLA would say, okay, well, you know, I'm telling you, we'll put the money in a bag, go pick it up every month. Or we'll have Vic drive it down here, or Joe. You know, Joe's going to drive it down and meet me at the warehouse and knock three times. We'll open the door. There'll be a bag, and the bag is the money, and go away. I think that's what's going to happen. That uh, sounds very complicated, Fred. Well, here's why. They made this big stand. Let me tell you what. For them not to vote today, they think they got problems. The border region. Of course they do. They got problems. And now they're Because it was a build-up. It was a build-up to today. Right. They think they've it's got a build-up. We're going to have this big vote, big vote, big vote. And the vote is, we're going to wait to December 14th. Right, that's the vote. We're, we're going to... Here it is. We're going to wait. No, they think they've got problems here. There are flaws in whatever they're arguing. And they've either got to negotiate a way with UCLA to pay Cal and save face. Because now it's going to be humiliating for the border regions. It already is. Oh, it's going to get worse. They drew a line in the sand. Okay, don't come one step closer. Okay, don't cross this line. All right, no, no, I meant this line. Whatever you do, you better not get near this line. Oh, okay, fine, now it's this line. Don't come across here. That's what they've done. If they had the juice to, to pull the plug on this, they would have done it today. That's the bottom yeah. line. Yeah. What a waste of time. Uh, energy, time, you name it. It's a waste of everything. 
going to. I, I mean, sometimes, Fred, you you gotta you gotta look at the inevitable and just move past it and keep it moving. You can't stay in the dark ages forever. No, there are people on both sides that like this is nostalgic, right? And and I I talked to a lot of USC people and and a lot of them understand that this is business. This is understanding. This is business. But you can still feel it's business, but also feel, God, I don't want to go to the Big Ten. I kind of like the way the Pac-12 was, the history of it, um, the games. I'm a traditionalist. All those things can be true as well. But you also got to understand times are a-changing. And you got to keep up with the times or you're going to get left behind. They're pretty close to being left behind. They're pretty damn close. They're screwing up the future for themselves. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Short sighted. Because like you said, they're going to be ending up with the Mountain West. Mountain, Mountain. it's not even going to call the Mountain West. It's going to be called, I don't know what it's going to be called, but it's going to be you know, a conference made up of uh, Chico State. And UC Santa Barbara. Hey, you know what? Fill the Rose Bowl. Saturday night, your UCLA Bruins take on Chico State. And you go, well, yes. well, that's a game they played at the beginning of the year. No, that's our conference schedule. Exactly. That That's not, you know, little sisters of the poor that you kick the crap out of at the beginning of the year to get everybody on the field. No, that's your conference schedule. And we all know that's not going to happen. Yeah. 